Welcome to Election Profit Makers, a little podcast that we make using our computers and microphones, of course, about winning and losing money on the 2020 election and related catastrophes. I am one of the main stars of Election Profit Makers. My name is David, and I'm joined with my co-stars, Starly. Hello, Starly. Hi. And also, Long John Silver, way down there in North Carolina. How are you holding up, Long John? Not too bad. I want to start with something. This is a bit of personal news, and I want to tell you myself before you read about it in the trades. Friends, I saw Shiloh LaBeouf out on the streets yesterday afternoon. I was on my evening walk, not in a particularly glamorous part of Los Angeles, and across the street by a tire shop, I saw three shabby people acting kind of strange. I thought maybe they were promoting a car wash or doing some type of MAGA rally. And then they crossed the street and started heading in my direction. And I was like, oh, here I'm going to have to get in a fist fight with these people. Lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, it was Hollywood. I want to call him a bad boy. Is he a bad boy? Mm. Complicated. It's complicated. Weird boy. He's a weird one. Mm -hmm. Lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, it was Hollywood weird one, Shia LaBeouf, Followed by two beautiful model types, uh, women models, one of the hottest types of models. And they walked right by me. Shia made, none of them were wearing masks. I'm going to acknowledge that right now because this, I was really about to take a video and mask shame Shia LaBeouf and overtake him as the Hollywood weirdo. (laughs) Was there a mask under his? There wasn't a mask within 20 miles of these guys. (laughs) So Shia LaBeouf and these two women walk right by me. Shia makes eye contact with me. So of course I have to drop the classic, yo bro, I'm in the industry too. What's up? One of those types of nods. You know how a nod can do so much? But of course he didn't recognize me because I'm wearing my mask. So he doesn't realize that he was meeting a peer (laughs) on the side of the street wandering around in the evening. One of the model women kind of gives me a little smile like, yeah, that's right. We're rolling with Shia LaBeouf and you're not. (laughs) Tonight, we're going to be kissing and cuddling with Shia LaBeouf. What are you going to be doing? Eating cereal and watching I May Destroy You (laughs) and going into a dark space. So then they walk away and then I walk away. But then I turn the corner. I text the other election profit makers. I say, I just saw Shia LaBeouf. He wasn't wearing a mask. What should I do? What should I do? TMZ. Should I make a video yelling at him? (laughs) World star hip hop. What should I do? And then John Kimball writes back immediately. What did you write back, John? Something about the scientific data says that you don't necessarily have to be wearing a mask outdoors as long as you're keeping proper distance. John was like, "Uh, actually, we're a republic, not a democracy. (laughs) So it kind of doesn't matter if they shut down the mail during a fascist takeover. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go take a bath with my Joe Rogan towel. (laughs) Then Starly jumped in. Starly, what did you say? Don't start up with that, John Kimball. You are supposed to wear a mask even when you're walking by yourself at night. It's not going well here in California, cases wise. So we need to do our part. Shia is not doing his part. David was doing his part. David was doing what a good citizen of the world does. If TMZ were to get his hands on John Kimball's text, we cannot start telling these Huntington Beach people, (laughs) if you're outside, it's okay if you're not wearing a mask. Don't give them an inch. Don't give them an inch. I don't know what the rules are in California. In California, the rules are go big or go home. Sell it in the room or get the fuck out. Points on the back end or you're a little wimp. Those are the Hollywood rules. I've learned those in the last year since I've been here. Maybe those girls that he was with, he was potting with those girls, you know? I reckon they were. I reckon they were in a pod together. (laughs) Shia and these two 
What's the word? Lithesome? Lithesome young women? Is that the word? Gaming? Gamine? Gamine? Okay. Gamey? Okay. Hey, Starly, what are some of the other adjectives for hot women? <laughs> this, will, this will be a fun uh, segment here on the morning zoo. Babelicious. John, I kind of think Shia was potting with these babelicious, <laughs> gamine, lithesome young lasses. <laughs> but the point is that he... It doesn't matter if he was potting with them. The three of them are out in the world. Set a good example, Shia. And isn't he the guy who walked around with a paper bag on his head? A mask is nothing to this kid. I don't know what that means. He did some art project where he walked around with a paper bag covering his head. Yeah, he loves it. Shia, be better. I'm a big fan of American Honey. I think that is a total masterpiece, and I think you were utterly captivating in that movie. But you gotta be better. I saw him on New Year's Eve. Really? Yeah, I went on a date on New Year's Eve and sat at this restaurant and Shia sat next to me with his date for hours. And we basically spent New Year's Eve together. John, you're the last one. Once you see Shia LaBeouf, then the circle is completed. We can open the portal to the parallel dimension as the prophecy foretold, and we will all step our way through. All right. The RNC wrapped up. Does it make a difference, John? Yes or no? No. There's probably going to be a small bump, but there's no evidence of that at the moment. Does that mean it was a failure? Oh. Because it didn't make a splash? We just don't know yet. Nothing's been reported yet. If an RNC happens in the woods and there's no polling, did it get a bump? I don't know. Damn, got Aesop over here spinning another one of his fables. I love it. <laughs> Let's remember the viewership was down relative to the DNC. Which Starley and I predicted. Yes. I was stunned by that. I truly thought everyone would tune in. I mean, people tune in the first night just to see how crazy it is. Then you see Kimberly Guilfoyle talk about opening a portal to hell. And it's like, is there <laughs> going to be a demon summoning Every night of this convention? They peaked with her. People don't want it. I think you're right. I think people are just tired and they're just sick of it. And also, who wants to watch a bunch of family videos? It it was all the fucking Trump kids. It's like, I'm not going to sit down on my sofa and turn on my TV and watch some other family's kids talk about how great their dad is. Why would I want to see that? They didn't put on the show that they needed to put on. Well, I think instead of doing video conferences and stuff like that, their best show is Violence on the Streets of Portland and Kenosha, these live events. This is their show. That's what they want, yeah. They franchised it out. Totally. It's This is like improv everywhere for them. Blue Man Group. John, what's going on in Portland and Kenosha? Is this going to help or hurt Trump? And I want to say, I understand that's a disgusting, stupid question, and that's not why these things are important. Right. But we are a political mm-hmm. betting show, and we are obsessed with making money at any cost. Mm-hmm. So when all this unrest began with George Floyd, I thought it was going to help Trump. I was nervous about it and thought that white America, of course, would get spooked and angry and there'd be this backlash. And there really wasn't. In fact, things got worse for Trump. Uh, So it's now happening again with Jacob Blake being shot in Kenosha. And then in Portland, of course, there have been riots. Obviously, Portland is a liberal city and a red state. And every week now, for a long, long time, right-wing groups have been coming into downtown Portland, the belly of the beast, to provoke and try to intimidate the citizens, outside agitators, right? And Trump trucks with flags and, and long guns sitting in the bed, like fucking what ISIS used to do, rolling through Iraq, right? To try to intimidate the locals. Ooh, yeah. The cops in Portland are also from that part of the state. So it's this tacit alliance between outside agitators and a police force that is also essentially outside agitators. I mean, what are the citizens of Portland supposed to do? It's almost like being in occupied territory. And um, a lot of pundits are saying this is really going to help Trump. But until there's evidence that shows in the polling that it's helping Trump, I'm believing that it's not going to help him. 
that it's going to be no difference or it might actually make things worse. I don't know if it's going to help or hurt Trump, but what I will say is I think at least half of the pundits who always are on Twitter like, I don't know, guys, I think this is a mistake. I think this is actually going to help Trump. It's just because they hate the protests and they just want everything to go back to normal. They hate the DFHs. What's that? The dirty fucking hippies. Yeah, exactly. I just would love a cable pundit to come out and say, you know what, man? I have to say, I love it when they burn down these fucking banks and these police precincts. (laughs) That's me. What's the big deal? You can build it back. Who cares? I think they're bored because this has been boring. This has been a fairly boring election. Because Sleepy Joe, the silent assassin, rolls out of bed and shivs you in the back and then gets back in bed and goes back to sleep. The pundits hate that type of ninja move. Right. And they're like, wouldn't it be great if we sort of went back and things got exciting and the everything tightened. But John, according to Predict It, the race has tightened quite significantly. Is this an objective reflection of reality or something else more nefarious? Uh, it could be an objective reality if we get some polling. But as of now, no, there's nothing out there that would justify where the prices are on predicted at the moment. But it's a prediction market and people are trying to guess the future and they're just speculating based on all of the news and the punditry and conventional wisdom that this is going to help Trump. So they've gone nuts. I mean, at one point it was like 52 to 48 in in uh, the presidential. I think Trump hit 50 cents. It was 50-50 in Florida for a while. Meanwhile, if you look at the polling averages, Biden is up six points in Florida. He's he's up quite a lot. It shouldn't be considered a 50-50 race, even if Trump still has a chance to win there. Are they speculating or are they pumping? No, I think MAGA money. Is it MAGA money? David, you say MAGA. I always say MAGA. I imagine that Ivanka would say Daddy, daddy, if we're going to use this, we simply must call it MAGA. MAGA is too gauche. So I honor my queen, Ivanka Trump. I say MAGA. I mean, MAGA suits it more. You want it to be like MAGA, like flat tire. Yeah. MAGA. Maggot. But I try to hold my president to a higher standard, so I say MAGA. MAGA money. MAGA. MAGA money. Yes, well, the MAGA money has come in and (laughs) turned things upside down, and my portfolio was down Almost $400 at one point, which was no fun. It's actually recovered some today. I'm down like 150 That's separate from your winnings of past markets. Yes, yes, yes. I did not lose okay. any money because I didn't sell. In fact, I actually made money last week. I somehow managed to make $57 just flipping shares. But I was planning on making a lot of money flipping Biden. But Biden is down at like $0.54 cents now. Oh, for Pete's sake, John. So Biden is... At 54 because... 95% of the people unpredicted are white millennial men, okay? And there's a lot of Trump people on predicted as well. MAGA, people betting with their hearts. Yes, there are people betting with their hearts. But there's also people that probably knew that these Trump people were going to come in and bet with their hearts. So they bought Trump knowing that he was going to spike, even though they don't believe in Trump. We should all take a moment to remember how we got into this utopia, predicted presidential betting markets. Back in the summer of 2016. This feels very familiar, John. I can't say I'm crazy about how I'm feeling right now. Because four years ago, you were like, I called you up. Hey, old friend, how have you been? What do you do all day? John said, I sit on this website called Predicted All Day and I make money off these fucking idiots who think Donald Trump is going to be the president of the United States. There is so much dumb money flowing around 
on this website predicted, and I've just set up my little bucket. I've nailed it to the trunk of the tree, and I'm just getting this sweet maga syrup pouring into this bucket all day. Yes. I was not alone. There were lots of us doing that. Cut to the morning after the election. Guys, we're so sorry. We thought we were going to help you make money, and instead we're all going to (laughs) die. So what's the difference this time, John? Because Starly and I, true to our nature, have gotten a little antsy over the past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel like Trump might win this election, and you still sit there in Orange County, North Carolina. Listen, Trump can win this election. I mean, Hillary Clinton could win this election. The mistake that I made in 2016 was that I, for one, did not hedge. I was greedy and I went all in and I really did not believe some of the models like Nate Silver's 538 that gave Trump a one in three chance of winning, which is a really high chance of winning. And he he won. So the difference now in 2020 is that I'm not going to be putting all my money in, I'll, I'll hedge in some ways. And also, there are much fewer undecideds now. So Trump doesn't just have to get a bunch of people. He has to get, he has to flip people from Biden. Also in 2016, we had a correlated polling error in some of these states, and that ended up undersampling white working class voters, which were voting for Trump. Many pollsters and not all, but many have adjusted their methodology. So it's possible that the polling isn't going to be as off this time, but it could be. That's part of that uncertainty. David, is there a philosophical oh boy. theory or term? Because the way I look at it is Trump can't win because if he wins, the world ends. Okay. The outcome is so giant that it, it's not possible. And that's the only thing that calms me. Like, it already didn't happen. He already didn't win because it's not possible that he could win because then the world would end. I'm, I agree with Starley. And, and that's why I'm kind of like, you know what? If I lose my money here, it's fine. We're going to have a, a much bigger problems. Yeah. You don't care about the bank crumbling in front of you as the atom bomb goes off. Right. And besides, if he wins, I'm going to be robbing banks. So I'll get my money back that way. John Kimball, Antifa mastermind. I cannot wait. I think, John, your skill set coupled with the go get him and razzle dazzle of Antifa, <laughs> your knowledge of infrastructure, of urban infrastructure, coupled with these young kids in their black hoodies. Woo! That's going to be amazing. This is how I'm thinking, okay? I'm not recommending everyone to go all in because it's different for everyone else. Everyone has a different The truth is I can't afford to lose this money either. And I don't think I'm going to. And you're all in. No, he's not. I'm all in. I'll I'll hedge. I'll hedge so that if Trump wins, I'll have a a small loss instead of like a huge loss. So what I'll do is I'll go into the electoral college market and I will buy up all of the brackets that are the most likely number of electoral votes that Trump would win. If he were to win, I'll be giving away, you know, $500 by doing that. But in the event that disaster occurs and Trump really does win, I'll make money. Assuming he wins by the the brackets that I choose and doesn't win with like, you know, 500 electoral votes, which I don't think is likely. I can't believe we're here again. We're not. We're not here. We're but where not. We are, where we are is four years have passed. His presidency has passed. And everything that we've gone through, we're still not sure he's going to lose. And that is 
shocking and horrifying and sickening. When you think about it, a lot of really crazy stuff has happened during the Trump administration. It's really wild. I'm sorry. I know that these blazing hot takes that I drop every week are too much for some of our listeners, but like, I have to say, it's really wild. It just, I just don't understand how we are still so close. Oh, I know why. White people. Yeah. Yeah. But we might not be that close. Might turn out that it's just going to be a complete blowout. Oh, my God. We can't. This, for me, was the week when I started to get really unsettled. And it's kind of like, well, I guess it's just time to roll up our sleeves and make sure that Joe Biden wins the election and we flip the Senate in the House. So this week, my thing is to figure out what I can actually do to make that happen. I've been getting those texts from the Biden people like, can you help? Can you call? And I, this was the week where I responded back. And then the person uh, who texted said, oh, whoa, hi, thank you. Oh, yes, of course. I knew you would write back. <laughs> <clears throat> My name is Carrie and I'm with the Biden. Yeah. <laughs> this is the week that I finally gave money. I was I freaked out. Election season is upon us. Pick your lane and pick your job and start doing it. Start calling voters in these swing states. You can sign up online. I mean, I hate to say it. You can even sign up through our fucking arch nemesis, Pod Save America who it brought me great joy to realize now have Quibi sponsoring their podcast. And Fender, and Fender Guitars, I could not believe Fender, was sponsoring Pod Save America. And that's why I put out the first ever Election Profit Makers online poll on Twitter. Will we ever have a president who has used a guitar effects pedal? No. That poll is now trending about 54% yes, 46% no. What? A lot of people make it sound like it all depends on whether Beto or Rourke is elected president. I say it's no. I take a position that no, we will never have a president who has used a guitar effects pedal and somebody made a good point in the comments on Twitter and said, I kind of feel like these are two separate personality traits. <laughs> the personality trait of someone who uses an effects pedal versus the personality trait of someone who wants to be president. But again, we'll see. Don't you think Bill Clinton, if he was running now? Would yeah, he be- he'd probably have a tube screamer so he can sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan play Little Wing. Do you think Pod Save America did that? Is that because of us that they yeah, have the- definitely. Oh, yeah. Definitely. They're trolling us for sure because they're, they're intimidated. Do you think there's going to be a tape recorder ad next week? Oh, my God. I love that. This week's Pod Save America is brought to you by a table of broken tape recorders behind <laughs> a garage in Los Angeles. Hey, John, did you know uh, Trump's brain is like a pile of broken tape recorders? Good one, John. Uh, okay, it says here, read something personal about the broken table of tape recorders. Uh, so Tommy went by to look at this uh, table of broken tape recorders. Yeah, John, it was really interesting. It reminded me when we were on that diplomatic mission in the Obama administration. I hate to beat up on the little guy, but Pod Save America sometimes is just too tempting and we have to bully you. I know it's unseemly when the strong bully the weak, but you have to forgive us these impulses. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's David, and I'm interrupting the podcast to let you know that Dicktown, the animated TV show I made with John Hodgman, is having its season finale this Thursday on FXX's short-form programming block called Cake. This season finale might be of interest to you because it features celebrity guest investors Paul F. Tompkins, and Janie Haddad Tompkins, as well as the great Stephen Tobolowsky playing a character that is loosely based on John Kimball's father. That's this Thursday, 10 p.m. on FXX's Cake, and all episodes of Dicktown will also be available on Hulu. Thank you for watching. Goodbye. Thank you to everyone who wrote in and supported me about Mars. Yes, a human foot will never touch the surface of Mars. I've never been more sure of it than I am right now. A couple of people were mad at me 
for my Mars skepticism, and I don't know what to say to those people other than I hope you like that chip that Elon Musk is planning on putting in your brain so you can turn on your waffle iron without saying anything. Good luck to you. Here's an email we got from listener Sarah who supports my Mars rage and says, this past weekend I was camping outside of Seattle. My campsite neighbors didn't have a fire pit, so they came to join me at a social distance wearing masks, and it turned out one of them was a French astrophysicist at the University of Washington, specialty studying planets that can sustain life. And he said there was, quote, no chance whatsoever we would ever live on Mars, never going to happen, period. Live. Live on Mars. Right. That's what I'm talking about. But you said we would never step foot. Well, why would we step foot on Mars if we're never going to live there? Like, what's the point? You're going to put an Airbnb on Mars where people just live there for two days, three days? No. It's unsustainable. It's full of radiation. It looks like shit. I'm sorry. There's no trees. There's no hedges. There's no rivers. There's no birds. No one's going to live somewhere where there's no birds. And if we're never going to live on Mars, we're never going to step on Mars. You see, humans use their feet to step on things. And if we're never going to step on Mars, that means there will never be a human foot on contact with the surface of Mars Case closed. We accept no more emails or feedback on this topic. So thank you, Sarah. I believe there was someone, some email in there where someone took you to task about Jupiter. Same email. Which I actually could have done last week and didn't. Sarah writes, one thing David was wrong about was Jupiter, because I did ask the French astrophysicist about this. Apparently, the center of Jupiter is a solid mass that's probably even bigger than the Earth. The whole planet is not just a cloud of gas. But I think I was also taught that in third grade. Third grade teachers pandered to their audience. We were also taught that when Christopher Columbus came over, that they didn't know the earth was round. Right. Which is ridiculous. <laughs> they knew that the earth was round. <laughs> I mean, we were taught a lot of things about Columbus. That Yeah, that's just one of many. That's what John's mad at. That's what John is taking to the streets about. The thing that really upsets me about Christopher Columbus and his legacy, and the reason that I want to cancel Columbus Day. <laughs> yeah. Sarah goes on to talk about Mars One. Listener Sarah, I also know somebody who became a quote unquote finalist for the Mars One mission. I used to always ask people at parties or whatever, like, would you go on a one-way mission to Mars? Would you go there if it meant you could never come back to Earth. I just thought it was a very compelling thing to think about. And I asked this question once on the Jonathan Colton cruise, which John and I have talked about before. And then afterwards, someone came up to me and said, oh, I, I did say yes to a one-way mission to Mars. And I said, huh? He said, I'm going, I might go to Mars on a one-way mission. I was like, friend, what, what are you talking about? There was this European company called Mars One that was trying to fund a one-way mission exploratory trip to Mars, and they were going to pay for it by licensing it as a reality show. And they had everyone submit applications and video interviews, and then they were doing all these rounds of cutting people, you know, until they had their quote-unquote finalists, which I think was like over 100 people. Anyway, this fellow, Dan, who's a really nice guy, had made the cut. And I think it's okay to say that it was causing some tension in his marriage because his wife was like, "Mm, a one-way mission to where now? (laughs) You have signed up to go to Mars forever. Mm, Okay, hubby, I see you. And then Mars One fell apart. And then it's association with Elon Musk. I don't know. Maybe if Bill (laughs) Gates, if George Soros was the one, (laughs) if George Soros was the billionaire who was associated with missions to Mars, I would probably be on board. I'd be like, yeah, there's probably a good reason for this if George Soros is promoting it. But because it's Elon Musk, it's like, fuck you and fuck Mars. We have a question from 
Jordan. John, what do you believe to be the most commonly misidentified skyline? I live in Houston, Texas, and have witnessed commercials targeting the city and yet showing the Dallas skyline. This is always a frustrating experience. Also, what perspective is best for evaluating a skyline? That is frustrating. Dallas's skyline is is much more inferior than Houston's. So that would frustrate me. And I often see Atlanta and Charlotte misidentified between each other. John, what was that movie I sent you to watch? I had a screener and it was about these guys who were going to steal an original volume of Audubon's Birds of Americas. And I oh, think yeah. it was set in Lexington, Kentucky. And you watched it and said, that's the Charlotte skyline. That's not Lexington skyline. Charlotte gets used a lot because it, it's a fairly new city and it, you know, it has a great skyline, but it's not recognizable to a lot of people. It's not iconic, so it can you can sub it in. Right. The question about the angles. Okay, that that is a great question. I do a lot of flying around helicopter Tony style in Google Earth. I didn't even know you could do this until John sent me a little movie on his phone about him flying over downtown Charlotte. I didn't know computers had gotten that far. Maybe we are going to go to Mars. (laughs) This is the way that you have to look at a skyline. You really have to look at it from an aerial perspective. I'd say at least 500 feet, just sort of looking down on a skyline. And you have to look at it from multiple angles. But it's not how the people who construct skylines, is that how they're thinking about it? No, 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 no. Like we know skylines as the skyline. What you're doing is, I'm not even sure if it's the purest way of evaluating a skyline. Point taken. I agree with you, Starley. But he is specifically saying, I want to know the best way to look at it in a non-subjective way. So I think more he's looking at in terms of the data behind how big it may be. You there, There's multiple angles where you're just not going to be able to tell what you're looking at in Manhattan unless you're up at a certain angle. The Charlotte skyline has a wonderful 30-degree angle this morning as we travel through this dystopian hellscape (laughs) of our current lives. Now uh, approaching at a 28-degree angle, seeing slightly different uh, reflections on the glass. Going to fly over east over the Triassic Basin in Orange County and see if we can find uh, John Kimball burning down a bank with his new Antifa friends. We'll be keeping uh, the Drive Time Radio team updated. Uh, this is Helicopter Tony saying, don't forget Marky's Honda dealership blowout sale going on all this weekend in Goldsboro, North Carolina. <laughs> we got a lot of nice feedback about Beckett's dispatches. We also got some Beckett pushback from the owner of a pizza parlor in Florida. We're going to play a little bit of this audio right now because I actually think there is a compelling comparison to be made between this individual and another person in the news. Mm. So let's hear a bit of that audio. My first complaint is that Beckett is now like a friggin' regular commentator and he's banned. You banned Beckett. Like you don't even know that you banned Beckett. You don't even know that you unbanned me and banned Beckett. You, and in fact, the reason that I was able to come back from the ban is because you decided to ban Beckett. That's the trade. And then you never unbanned Beckett, but then you banned me again. And then now Beckett's a commentator. That's <laughs> that's a problem, right? That's a problem of just like integrity. Enough. I mean, enough. Okay. There's nine more minutes, I think, to that particular voice memo. <laughs> so here's what I would say to this fella. His name is Satchel. He just opened a new 
I can't tell what it is, a waffle kiosk named Satch Squared. But if you're in Gainesville and you want to support local business, you should go to Satchel's Pizza or Satch Squared. Go to Satch2.com. John's out here doing free domain name consulting for this. This dude has no <laughs> right to complain to us. We've done more for his career. We should be sending people to DiGiorno's just to get at Satchel. Satchel's right into complaining. How can Beckett be a consultant? How can he be a commentator? You banned him. You banned him. This isn't fair. This guy is the Nancy Pelosi of Gainesville. Florida. How dare President Trump destroy the post office? How dare he? This is against the rules. We're going to send a letter to the government. No, there's no rules anymore. There's no rules anymore. Complaining about the rules and hoping that a referee is going to come down from heaven and be like, Speaker Pelosi is correct. This is a clear violation of the Hatch Act and will be addressed now. Lightning bolts come down and blow up Donald Trump. It's not going to happen. Satch Act. Yeah, exactly. The Satch Act. And now Satch is talking about, here's one thing you violated the Satch Act. You banned Beckett. How can he be a commentator and you won't even mention the name of my pizza parlor? It's not fair. I'm driving around. Whoa, almost got in a crash. I'm so mad. Go make your waffles, kid. Go make your waffles. God love you. Best of luck. I don't make the rules. There are no rules. Live with it. Beckett is the king. Beckett, if you open a pizza parlor, I swear to God, we're going to promote it every episode. Come on, Beckett, open that pizza parlor so we can get back at the Nancy Pelosi of Gainesville. A rival pizza yep. parlor. <laughs> That's a great name for a pizza parlor, actually. Rival pizza parlor. <laughs> I wish someone would do that. Meet you at Rivals Pizza Parlor. It's just like these punches. The pizza parlor wars are tightening up. <laughs> We've gotten a lot of questions over the months about the Pittsburgh skyline, and we can't remember if we ever addressed it on this show or in the context of our Patreon episode, but we just wanted to state for the record that the Pittsburgh skyline, I think, is top five American skyline. John? Totally rules. It's so cool. And the entrance from the Fort Pitt tunnel is amazing. Go on YouTube and you can watch people driving in. It's awesome. We got a letter from Jack in Ohio. I am a conservative investor, meaning risk averse. In the past three years, I've averaged about 30% ROI and doubled my money. I prefer to buy no's to contracts that I think are greater than 99% to happen, but are priced at around 85 to 95 cents. So here's my question. What are the best markets to invest in that you think are a sure thing to happen? And please don't say the will Trump win a state he didn't win in 2016 market. Thanks for the question, Jack. This is really easy. Most of the states in the presidential markets are sure things. It's really just the swing states that aren't. You could buy New York at 93 cents for Biden or Oklahoma at uh, 95 cents or Nebraska at, at 91 cents, Washington state at 93 cents, California at 95 cents. Those are all sure things. I mean, like one in 10,000 chance that it would go the opposite way. But wouldn't you just buy then the one about the states? Will he win any states that he lost? Because that's cheaper. Yeah, you would make more money, but there's a 15%, maybe as much as a 20% chance that he does flip Maine or Nevada or something. Really? That's a high chance. 20% high. I feel like a few weeks ago you were like, this is free money. I still think it's free money. Worried. Good. You sh everyone should be worried. Stay freaked. That's my motto. Stay freaked. Okay. All right, Starly. Let me let me be honest with you. Let me be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I saw that Biden was advertising in Nevada, and it made me a little nervous. Yeah. And I would love to see some polling in Nevada because it's a pretty Trumpy state. When's the last time Nevada went red? In two thousand and four. Okay. If it the last time it went red was when it was reelecting W, post nine eleven. That doesn't make me feel that it's 
then the next time it will go red will be to reelect a maniac. I think most people are not looking at Nevada like I am. I think most people are thinking it's going to be something like Minnesota. They really believe that all the unrest in Minnesota is going to cause things. But Minnesota, it's been since 1972, since it's gone red. Are you in that market really heavily? No, I'm not in it heavily, but I did bet in it. I think I bought like 100 shares because it's free money, I thought. I'm a little bit nervous about Nevada. I'm noting your nervousness. And now I'm nervous about my money. I'm nervous about my future. I've bought into Florida at at 50 and 51 cents, and I'm feeling pretty good about that. About Biden winning Florida? Yeah. But we'll see. Trump has to win Florida, right? Yes. In order for him to be able to win the presidency, not... We don't want him to win. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't saying like, oh, my God, President Trump has to win Florida. You can do it. (laughs) Fuck a duck. Come on, Biden. Win Florida. Everyone down in Gainesville, go eat your waffle and then go make sure Biden wins the election. Oh, God. When this fucking pandemic is over, I'm going to fly down to North Carolina and you and I are just going to hug and high five, John. I really miss hanging out with you, man. This fucking sucks. This pandemic fucking sucks. Miss you too, man. Get to work, everybody. Go phone bank or something. God damn. Stop listening to us. Let's end the show. Electric Profit Makers is a Radio Point produ- Sorry. No, go, go, go. Hurry. We got to get it done. Go. Election Profit Makers is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. Election Profit Makers is sponsored by predictit.org. Go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 and receive up to $20 in matching funds. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We are very close to hitting our target of 666 Patreon supporters slash prayer warriors. And our next Patreon episode is going to be the Election Profit Makers Tournament of Movie Mustaches. Mustaches in the background scenes of movies that steal the show. So if you would like to hear that episode, we trust you will support us on Patreon with all due haste. 666 Patreons means we will do something satanic and luciferian for your delectation. And the other thing is, if you are a $10 a month Patreon supporter, make sure your mailing address is up to date and correct because we will be putting something in the mail to you between now and the election. We will have to put it in the mail before the election because we don't know if there will be mail after the election or a world to receive mail in. And yes, friends, the rumors are true. We are designing the 2020 Election Profit Makers t-shirts. They were really making us LOL the other day. So we'll have more news about that shortly. All right, let's get to it. Bye. 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 Bye.